Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. Bonsoir, Felicia. Oh, hey. Rachel. <laughs> hey. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I mean, so I will say, I wished, I wished our Slack community a happy Monday earlier today. And I was like, what is Monday? What are days? What is what? time? I don't what? even know. <laughs> what is happy? What, what is what? <laughs> Ooh, what, is, what is the what? This is where we're what going. What is the what? Yeah, well, we are recording this as uh, a little intro to our upcoming episode, which our, our fearless listeners uh, will be listening to Cheryl Poro. Uh, fabulous coach, advisor, former employee of uh, Thrive Global and Salesforce. Um, but before we get into that, let's hear what's going on uh, in, uh, in Medford. And I want to hear what's going on in Medford. In Metha? Metha? Medford, Massachusetts. Yeah, Medford, Massachusetts. And we should oh. also say that we've ha- we're drinking wine right now. Yeah, actually, before we even get to that, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a rosé from uh, a local wine um, place near me oh, so in fancy. lovely San Diego. I, yeah, I think I, I've been, have I been to this local wine place? You have. Well, that, it was a delightful place. It was. It I can't was wait till nice. it opens again. Can you believe that a month and a half ago we were there together? Can't. And we were sitting outside and it was in February and it was lovely and there were little twinkly lights and we we're like, oh, it's just a little chilly. Let's put a scarf yeah, we're on. we're like eating charcuterie. We're just yes. living it up. We had no idea what was in store for us. Well, it's here we true. are now. Um, I <laughs> I showed you earlier, but I am drinking out of a red plastic cup uh, <laughs> some delightful Nighthawk Black Boda Box red Ooh, wine. Oh, I love me some Boda. Uh, say, this episode brought to you by Boda Box. <laughs> I mean, if they want to sponsor, I will be happy to take them up on anything. I am all about that but, red blend. Mm-hmm. I will say, I mean, here's the deal. It's like, so we're into what, like a month into the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I keep getting worried that the liquor stores are going to close down and that would be an They're issue not. for me. Well, no. so they, so here's the deal is they did close down in Pennsylvania. So my, not gonna happen. my family is down in Pennsylvania and I was chatting with them over the weekend and they said that the, the liquor stores are all shut down there, which no. is a big deal, obviously. That's crazy to me because I was talking with other people about it and they said like the, the reason why it seems like a really terrible idea is because it'll just like reignite prohibition. Like, yes. Well, they were saying that right before they closed, they had the highest sales they'd ever seen. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so I feel like I've been I've been trying to you know, it's really hard because we're in this weird limbo stage where we're like sort of stay at home. Mm-hmm. There's not an absolute lockdown. Things are still open, but you're sort of encouraged not to go out. So it's kind of unclear as to whether we have to be hunkering down and like cannot get stuff, or if we can still go get foods and alcohols and what well let me tell so, you yeah. I was I in Cal I'm in California and it definitely feels like hunkering down like citations have been given really fines yes for going to places um I read an article that freaked me out that was like a woman in Australia was giving her daughter driving lessons lessons and um she ended up getting a ticket because the police officer said it was non-essential she couldn't be driving? 
Yeah. And I personally think it's super essential. If you're teaching someone how to drive, you want them to know how to drive. What if she needs to get away? Thank you. Very essential activity. You and I are totally on the same page for many reasons, (laughs) but also because of it. You know, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. Everybody who's listening to this is probably rowing it out. I think there's rowing fatigue. Why don't we talk about like fun stuff or like what's making us happy right now or other things like that? Yes. I have one. What about you? I have one. So there is a show on Hulu called Devs, Mm -hmm. D-E-V-S, and um, it stars Nick Offerman. Um, who I did not recognize, actually. Does he not have any facial hair? He has all facial hair oh, all and long hair. And oh. So I just and it's lighter than I thought. He had darker hair, so I just didn't recognize him at all. And then Mark is like, "Oh, that's Nick Offerman." I was like, "What?" Uh, he's great. He plays um, like a CEO of a tech company in the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, and uh, he has a secret project, the Devs Project, and you know, murder ensues and other thrilling things. Um, it is, it's by Alex Garland, who I love Alex Garland things. He's done The Beach and um, Ex Machina. I think if you like Ex Machina, you will like this. I will, just warning, the lead actress in this is kind of terrible. I can't tell if she's terrible or if that's intentional that she's supposed to be very robotic because she's like, a nerd. She's like a nerd. Yeah, maybe she's a robot. Like, maybe that would be the ending. I don't know. I'm only on episode like three, but it is totally absorbing, and it's really nice to just like sort of step away from all of this stuff into something like that. Even though it's a little disturbing, but it's like disturbing in like a very palatable way for me okay, at the moment. Okay. I feel I I feel like I get that. Cool. I think that Thank that taps you. into like my my murder tendency. Yes. Oh. I, I understand that. <laughs> oh, but wait, I have one more. Just really yeah, one no, more. I, please give me all of it. I want all of it. This is actually like, this is true joy. I've talked about this before because the holiday edition of Nailed It, but they have a new new season just came out. It was like, I felt like it was Christmas last week when I put on Netflix and it showed me season four of Nailed It with Nicole Byer. And I was just like, this, I am so excited. And then the guests are like comics. The guest judges are comics, which makes it like they had Matt Walsh and just like- I saw that episode. Oh my God. So good. And really for anyone who has not seen this, if you just need a little bit of joy, just watch this show because it is like people who cannot bake have to bake really hard things. And you know what? None of them are mad. None of them are mad at how bad they are. They're like, I'm just blessed to be here. This is a great experience. I'm really, I'm having a lovely time. This is hard, but I'm okay. And it's just lovely. Sounds and it's just affirming. It's really affirming. I think if you need a pick me up, nailed it is the way to go. That is my plug. I like that. I like that. Um, let's see, what are my plugs? Well, <clears throat> I will say I had been getting back into uh, some podcast. So what I've been listening to lately is Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Mm. I kind of stopped for a while because I I think I overdosed a little bit. And so I'm catching up now. So these are older episodes from last year, but I'm catching up his his second season, I guess. And yeah, it's just, I I just find it so joyful and hilarious. And I was just listening to this episode today with um, 
Eugene Levy and Catherine oh. Hera from Schitt's Creek. Mm. And it was just so fun and funny and they're hilarious and just, it was, it was really great. So I've been enjoying that and it's been a nice way to like kind of take a little break. I have been trying to be active, which has been hard because I've been itching so much. So I feel like I've turned into a 90 year old woman, but I went out for a walk today to get some steps in. Nice. And so I was like listening to it and just laughing to myself, but I had this mask on and I was laughing and I was like, no one can see me laugh now. So. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, see, that's such an interesting thing because there's such a culture of like smiling at each other here. And so yeah. it was a way. So masks need to have smiley faces on them well i don't know if you've seen this but i was seeing circulate around the internet um masks with like plastic clear plastic on the face part yeah which was i think intended more for people who are hard of hearing who need to look at the lips and i was like oh that would be that would be useful but i will say as someone who is hard of hearing i kind of like the idea that people can't see my face and so i'm just like smiling with my eyes super super side note but have you seen the tiger king documentary series? you know what i haven't because everyone has told me to see it so well, now I'm Feel like you, whatever do or do not as you choose I did watch it it was fascinating for <laughs> I I'm sure but I will <laughs> there is this um very minor like character in it who is a I think he's a detective or a police officer <laughs> you have to google this afterwards so he's like sitting in his in his home and they're interviewing him and his home decor is so weird <laughs> And he's not one of the main weird characters. He's just like a detective. And he's got these like weird masks on the wall behind him. And there's like a monkey butler tray next to him oh and like God. a table. It's so bizarre. And people are like, like freeze frame into this weird dude. <laughs> like, what is happening in Florida? <laughs> but um in in this in this uh, sort of setup, he's got these weird like masks on the wall behind him. And there's this one that's like really freaky with like a grinning face. Oh. I kind of would love to have uh, a mask like that, like just walk with like a weird face on my, on my face. What, like a Joker face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so um, creepy. What about like the, I sent you, I'll put a link in the show notes to the, for the cat ski mask. Just, yeah. Like, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> just do full. <laughs> Like nothing shows. Well, here's my next question. Have you seen the movie Cats? Girl. <laughs> I have not. I have not. Oh, come on. I, I don't think that I have had enough will to see it because I know how, like, I feel like if I see it, it has to be in a very particular. Oh, for sure. You should get super high and or yes. drunk. <laughs> that sounds right. Like I should be not in my right mind so that I don't just scream at the screen. I still don't understand how they got all those incredible actors to be in what apparently Honestly, is one of the I think they shows. got like one person and then they were like, we got this guy. And everyone was like, oh, okay, sure. It's got to be good. And then they had like no idea until it happened. Was this like the movie it. Fire? It was like the movie... The fire and a fire festival. Yes, it was really bad. Like I, so I saw this movie in the theaters. There were five people in the theater total, and three of them left halfway through. Wild, <laughs> wild. Nope. Um, yeah. So the other thing I'm that's really making me happy is um, 
I am loving, I, I, I will say it's like a double-edged sword. I'm loving and hating all the, all the virtual stuff that's happening because yeah. I feel like I actually don't feel super uh, like isolated right now, which I know a lot of people are struggling with this. And so yeah. it's a very real thing. I don't want to downplay that, but I actually feel I feel fine. I feel super connected, but I am liking that I'm able to connect with people who I would not really necessarily be reaching out to normally. So um, over the weekend, I actually had a, a really fun Zoom chat where I'm on a WhatsApp group with a bunch of my grad school classmates. And so one of them was like, hey, like, let's get a chat going. And so we had a Zoom conversation and we had people from across the entire world. So it was like, East Coast, West Coast, Southern U.S., Midwest, uh, India, Taiwan, um, Norway, Finland, uh, Greece, like, like just all over the world. And we had it in like the best possible time zone time where everyone could sort of like join in. And it was just really awesome to see everybody, which I haven't seen some of these people in like 10 years and just catch up. And um, we had the guy who organized it, like had everyone go around at first and just like give a little update, like a life update. And then we just sort of like opened it up for a general conversation. And it was, it was really, really fun. And also interesting just to hear like kind of how people from different parts of the world were processing what was happening. Mm. Um, and then on that same vein, uh, so my lovely partner, Steve and I, uh, we're engaged to be married. And so Yay. before all this went down, we were going to have our parents meet up in person. <laughs> and now that's obviously not happening. So we did a Zoom introduction nice. of his mom and my parents. And so my parents are like very new to Zoom and Steve's mom is newish to Zoom. So we did like a little Zoom intro and like had them chat with each other. And I was just like, this is great. Like we're just doing all the things and we're not letting you know, technology, it's our, it's bringing us together. <laughs> I mean, and that's a perfect segue to talk about what we're doing. Yes. Because it is really true. And I feel like I totally appreciate the idea of like screen fatigue and zoom fatigue. And I think when we were first trying to figure out how to do these community events and not, not have it be just a zoom hangout. I mean, it, I was very worried about that. I was like, we can't just do Zoom. Like, that's just not going to work for our community. Yeah. Do you want to like, maybe just, we can take a beat and talk a little bit about how we've been responding to all this stuff going on from the business standpoint. So for our listeners, you may or may not know, we have our two sides to the company for She Geeks Out. So we've got our diversity, equity, inclusion training, and then we have our community events. And I think both sides were very much focused on in-person probably community a little bit more so than the training because we were already doing a little bit of virtual training here and there, not a ton, but working into it. Um, but it basically took us about a week, I think in like early March where we sort of started, like, I, I feel like it was dominoes. It just mm -hmm. started cascading and from Monday to Friday, the world changed. And so we very, very quickly had to figure out what was happening and how we would respond to this with all the events that we have. And at that point in early March, we had, I want to say two to three community events planned out per month through 2021. And we had a lot of training on the books too. And so there's a lot of stuff that we had to really think about very quickly pivoting and how, like, would we still be doing it? Would we not? Would we stop doing events at all? 
Um, and to your point, you know, I think everyone sort of looked at like Google Hangouts and Zoom and was like, okay, great. But that only takes you so far. And I think the big challenge for a lot of us has been how do we recreate that feel of an in-person event and that vibe and that connection when you have screens in front of you. So yeah, totally agree. I mean, when you think about going to a networking event or a happy hour or something, I mean, you know that people end up congregating in small groups. You know, people walk around, they like find people, they have chats. How that's not a Zoom hangout. So I did a lot of research and found a really cool platform that allowed for that and then also allowed for um, being able to do um, presentations. So we gave it a shot. We, we had our, our first event in this new world order was March 31st with Facebook. And um, our contact there, Yas, was lovely and was like, yep, let's, I, we played around with the tool, showed it to, to the other folks on the team and they were like, yes, this is awesome. He was like, let's send out wine or cookies to all the people that signed up. That was incredible. And I'm not gonna lie, I was actually really nervous about the tech because we, I knew we were going to have probably around 100 people there and we did, we ended up having 110 folks and um, the feedback was awesome. So it was like, okay, great. The tech works. It, feel, it feels very similar to the kinds of events that we have in person. So it was like, great, we can continue to do that. Um, but knowing that this particular crisis that we're facing is not just a public health crisis, but also an economic one, we knew that our community was going to be hurting. So we wanted to be able to try to find ways to get back. So we decided to um, pull together a coaching, a career coaching event, which is happening next Friday on the 17th. And we got 12 amazing career coaches to provide their wisdom on job search, negotiation, personal brand, et cetera. Um, and then the following week, uh, we'll be doing a job fair and we'll be announcing all of the, um, the, the sponsors of the job fair, um, which is great. We have Amazon and Duncan and Buildium and a bunch of other really great companies that are going to be a part of that. And so we just know that it's a tough time for folks and we just want to be able to, to create space while still recognizing that people have this fatigue. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, you know, continue to monitor the situation and, um, and get feedback. And if anyone who's listening has ideas and feedback, we are always uh, ready to hear. Just email us at hello at she geeks out and we'll get it. So that's what's happening on the community side. Yeah, I want to give a plug out for what's happening on the DEI side because we yeah. got a lot of stuff happening too. Um, yeah, on the DEI side. We've what does been, DEI stand for? Well, first of all, it stands for diversity, equity, inclusion. <laughs> so happy you asked me that. Um, always happy to explain the acronyms. Um, yeah, we've been putting out a ton of content, which has been really interesting and fun because we're trying to just, again, you know, it's it's such a weird unsettling time right now. And so I feel like the kinds of conversations that we were having a couple weeks ago, like we're still having them, but there's, there's new issues, there's new concerns, there's new stuff popping up. And so what we're trying to do is, um, is recognize that just like you were saying with the community side, but also talk about how do we support our community on the, on the training side, on the diversity, equity, inclusion side, and how do we really 
create space for people to come together to continue to have these conversations, even if we're not able to do so in person. So we're uh, continuing with putting out monthly webinars where we uh, either talk within the team or we have a lot of really amazing guest speakers come on and join us. And those are happening every month. Our next one is coming up on the 15th of April, formerly known as Tax Day. <laughs> <laughs> Not now, but <laughs> formerly known as. Uh, and that will be um, a really cool webinar coming up. So uh, that is free or pay what you will. So tickets are definitely still available for that. And then we are also doing these meetups, which is something we just started doing this year. And it's been very well received. And so uh, I think we're we're excited to kind of transition this from the in-person to the virtual sphere, but our meetups are really designed for anyone who's either interested in general in these topics around diversity and inclusion. Uh, you could be a practitioner, you could be uh, trying to push these efforts forward within your organization or just uh, someone who wants to come join in general. And so it's designed to bring all of these people together to have some kind of a space in a community because a lot of times what we find is that um, practitioners or people who are working on these efforts are sort of solo or alone. They don't have a lot of resources necessarily to tap into, and we want to help give that support to them. And so we're providing a little bit of content. So we usually have like a panel or a speaker or two. And uh, it's again, very similar to our community events where you can come and network and, and meet other people. And so our next meetup on that side is gonna be the 29th of April. Uh, tickets are also still available for that, free, pay what you will for that as well. So uh, definitely check that out if you're interested in, uh, in hearing from us. And you know what's so nice about all of this stuff? I mean, as terrible as this crisis is, one thing that I really, really appreciate about it um, is that we're able to reach people that we wouldn't be able to reach otherwise. Um, you know, anyone with an internet connection can attend any of these events. And I mean, it's just so powerful. I mean, that's the, the, that's the power of the internet. Um, and the other thing on the community side that I realized too, as I sit here with my glass of wine, is that our, um, typically our events are 21 plus. And so it's really nice to be able to provide a space for, um, for college students because we've had that um, feedback before where it's been like, oh, it's, it would, you know, can, can I come? And, you know, like, yes, if you're 21 plus, you're happy for you to come, but you know, it's always been really mm -hmm. tricky. So now we're able to provide some content, some networking opportunities for folks that are oof, going into this job market. God bless. Um, so however we can help. And yeah, I just, I so appreciate the work that, that you're doing Felicia. And I'm glad that there are not only the virtual workshops that you're able to do, but also, you know, these, the online course and then the, 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 the support for these, you know, I like to call them the accidental practitioners, the ones that are like, <laughs> you know, at a company and they're like, I really care about these issues, but I don't have the resources to, to get it done, you know? And so I think it's great to be able to help them as well. So. Yeah, we have a wonderful person on our team, Fatima, who's actually been doing a lot of uh, video content that we've been pushing out. And one thing she's been working on, I think we just put out some some stuff around this is, uh, you know, microaggressions in a virtual world because yeah. just because we're all, right, I mean, we're not all, but a lot of us are working remotely, working virtual. We're not necessarily in an office space anymore. 
that doesn't mean that these issues go away. It just means that they pop up in different ways. And so I think just really being um, mindful of that. And, you know, I think a lot of us a couple weeks ago were thinking, okay, this is going to be a temporary thing, but it looks like it's going to be a bit longer. And even if it's not, it's still the, what the changes that have been happening in the past few weeks are going to have very long-term effects even for things like, you know, there are companies out there who swore up and down that they could never go virtual and now they are. And so when they go back to a more quote unquote normal situation, what is that, you know, what does that look like anymore when they say, oh, you have to be in the office, but mm -hmm. you were just not in the office for however many months. And so mm -hmm. there's gonna be a lot of, of things that sort of shake out from this. And I think that there's going to be a lot more conversations around these topics coming up um, in the next year, even as we sort of settle back into our new reality. Yeah, I think that would actually, yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to dig into there for sure. And I think there will be another podcast episode coming up that will probably dive into that a bit. So, and certainly more video content from you and the lovely Fatima. Yep, so for sure. <laughs> well, this was great. And on to our conversation with Cheryl. Rachel. Hey, Felicia. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you? I am great. I'm also really excited because we're actually doing a part two podcast recording today. Yeah, we and are. we're bringing back a guest, a blast from the past. And our guest today is Cheryl Poro, who's founder of RTH Labs. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, how are you? Great. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to be uh, podcasting with you today. It's been about two years since we last sat down in your office at Salesforce in San Francisco and chatted with you and a lot has changed since then. So we're really excited to catch up and hear about all the things. So when we last spoke with you, you were a senior VP at Salesforce and then you moved on to serve as Thrive, Thrive Global's CTO and now you're a founder and a consultant. So can you walk us through some of what you've been doing the past couple of years and what are you working on these days? You know, just quick overview. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hello. It's so good to see you both and connect with you both. It's been too long, although we've been in connection over the past couple of years, which has been great. Uh, so let's see. Yeah, let me just start with kind of where I'm at now. And so uh, it's actually Earth Labs, and I'll tell you a little bit of where the name comes from. Yeah, no problem. It looks like an, it looks like an acronym. So My brain is exploding right now. Earth. Thank you. So where it all comes from is really cool. Uh, I actually have a little drawing that my daughter did. She's now 12, and she did this, I think, in preschool of the planet and the an RTH underneath it. So in preschool and in kindergarten, first grade, I think they learned how to spell phonetically. So they didn't focus on spelling until much later at her school. So we, you know, she would come home with these things from school that would were highly amusing. So, you know, you can just imagine of how she would imagine things to be spelled. And for her, Earth was RTH. And so I have this little drawing of the planet RTH and it's in my office. And that was the inspiration for me. Um, you know, she's my inspiration, but also, you know, the planet, you know, I left uh, Thrive Global in October of last year, primarily because of for family reasons. And, and there was kind of some unfortunate stuff going on with my family. And, you know, 
that I won't get into because like right now there is a lot of unfortunate stuff going on, right? That's all. We what are you talking about? about? Like, I don't... So, um, but do know I was taking a moment to kind of step back and focus on family. And, but what happened? And so I knew like, you know, I was going to just focus on family through the end of the year and then figure out what was next. Right. But what was kind of shocking was I almost became this other person. So up until that in my adult life, especially in the last like 15 years or the prior 15 years, I would, I would describe myself as an up and to the right person, you know, <laughs> very corporate up and to the right, always growing, always, you know, moving to the next, you know, the next step and the next level and the next thing, um, go, go, go A to B to C and back, you know, et cetera. And had never really like stepped off the train uh, in any kind of meaningful way without knowing what was next. And I stepped off the train. I didn't know what was next. And, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to know. I didn't, you know, I didn't, all the things that I cared about, I all of a sudden didn't care about anymore. All these things that I really wasn't giving real kind of thought to, I was giving real thought to. And so everything really kind of shifted. And I was trying to explain it to someone how it, it wasn't even coming from like my thinking mind. Like it wasn't coming from the front of my head, you know, yeah. <laughs> like the chattering thing. It was just this very kind of um, visceral, just, you know, almost in, in against the front of my brain, who, which was freaking out. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What is going on here? Um, like, you have to get back to work, you know? <laughs> but this, that like, real me, you know, that you, that doesn't talk, that's nonverbal was like, hell no, we're not. Everything's changing. So what's so fascinating to me, it's like, I was already in this place of complete and utter uncertainty for what was next before the pandemic came. Mm -hmm. So I was already in this space of like, I have no idea what's next. And I panicked and then I stopped panicking. And then the way I describe it, it's like, I just started being and doing. Mm. And that's all I can do is just be and do. Earth Labs, for example, it's, it's, its name is kind of like, it's a manifestation of something I want to create. And I don't know what that is yet. Mm. And that's okay. So I've accepted that there's something, there's a calling. I don't know what it is yet. And I'm just sitting in uncertainty and being and doing. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, how did you get from panic to not panic? <laughs> like this could be relevant for some people, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, starting with basic things like making sure you get a good night's sleep. I love and adore sleep, right? And honor sleep and the power that it is. Mm -hmm. It's like... It's where we reset and, and sleep over the past few weeks has been a challenging and at times elusive, but thankfully I can sleep in, which has been also mm -hmm. lovely and not have to like get up and take my daughter to school. Um, but practices of like really paying attention to sleep and honoring that time, uh, meditating, you know, running for me is a form of meditation, taking the dog on hikes. So all of these tools I had been building anyway and they, and have them accessible to me. So a lot of it is just like sitting in that discomfort and um, 
and not pressuring myself to do things. So that was, you know, the period of transition for me was like towards the um, end of January, beginning of February, because January came and it was like, okay, girl, time to go. And I was like, no, not ready to go. So I actually had started interviewing for roles, full-time roles, mm. because I felt like it was the thing I should do. And then I, but there was this real, like this part of me that was like, no, this, it's not the right time, right? Mm. It's not the right time to do that. So the, the tension was like real for me because I was going to these interviews and also just like, um, it's not the right time to do this, uh, but okay, I'm gonna go to these interviews. And there was this, the only, the thing that kind of emerged for me that was like this little, this little whisper and, you know, I, and just, so I had gone to, I ended up going to Thailand for this executive coaching program. And this is something I've been wanting to do for years. So I've been, I've known these folks at the Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute for a long time. It was founded by this professor at, at Haas. School of Business, Dr. Mark Rittenberg, who is a lovely human being. Um, and I've been in his orbit for about a decade. And I always wanted to do it, and I always wanted to do it in Thailand. And there was this little whisper that was like, now's the time, do it. And I was almost kind of shocked to hear this whisper because I hadn't wanted to do anything other than like work out <laughs> and make my daughter quesadillas, you know? <laughs> that was like pretty much what I was accomplishing on a, a daily basis. And I heard this and, um, and meanwhile, you know, this is the, the pandemic, we weren't at pandemic levels, but coronavirus was hap happening. Um, but there was just some, something that's like said, you got to do it. It's going to be great. And everything's going to be okay. Mm. And so I went and it was like that for me, that experience was the real, um, was when everything kind of flipped for me. Like I just came back in this, new state right now mm -hmm. not everyone go do something like this to kind of uh get out of panic mode um but i think what got me to the place where i could kind of hear that whisper was just getting really kind of like being okay and not knowing and being okay with all these emotions that were happening and just trying to really hear you know even though it's not words hear feel what is like right in the moment and following it so that's kind of what happened and then I went to Thailand, it was amazing and life-changing and then came back and all hell broke loose. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, it's, you talk about timing indeed, right? I guess I yeah. was like, you gotta go now or yes. never. Yep, yep. yep. It's, it's actually, it's hard to, to imagine, you know, that that was so recent that you had that experience and now, and it's, and it is this, you know, a lot of the times Felicia and I, when we have conversations and I think when we talk a lot with our community, it's not, it's very really sort of grounded in like logic and, you know, like practicalities. And we don't always talk about more of the, the spiritual meditative self-care stuff. I and mean, we talk about self-care, but sort of in like broad terms, like food and. Well, sleep. I think too, though, yeah. I agree with you, obviously, as I always agree with you on everything. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but I will say, I think, um, you know, I'm just thinking back to, uh, a few months ago when we had a moment where we were, we sort of were struck with this gut vibe about something, a decision that we were making. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember it was such a startling experience for both of us because A, we both shared it as we always do, <laughs> share our experiences. <laughs> but B, because we're so grounded in the logic and the intellectualism of making decisions, when we both were hit with this gut feeling, I remember just being like so bowled over by it because there was no rational reason for having mm -hmm. this feeling, but I was having a very real feeling. And so I think that, you know, that your experience, Cheryl, really speaks to me because I think sometimes when we do have these whispers of almost that, I don't know, um, it's sort of like that, that ancient mentality where it's like that, you know, underneath where it's not coming from your, your actively firing brain, but it's something really deep inside. It's not something that we're used to feeling. And so it really can be very startling when it kind of comes up, but it doesn't mean that it's any less important or valid or powerful. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It will be more. You know, I came back from Thailand and literally created the entity and just said, I'm, you know, I'm going to just put this out there. I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to like manifest something. And, um, and so that's just been like great. Right. So in, in under the umbrella, which I know earth labs will evolve into something else. Uh, but right now it's advising, consulting and coaching. And I've been advising a startup and I got in touch with this uh, woman and I think she reached out to me and over the holidays. So it's, it's been a, it's been a while to be working together and, you know, um, and she's awesome. She's you know, young and, uh, and making stuff happen in this like really old school industry and shaking things up and she's building on Salesforce. So it's great because I can mm -hmm. really help her. And so it's just so gratifying because, you know, maybe we chat once a week or something and then I get on some calls here and there and I've helped connect her to like a designer and to folks that can help her build. And it's just so gratifying because mm -hmm. like, you know, um, just the little bit I can offer is really helpful. And I see that she appreciates it. I appreciate it. Um, so that work's been really great. And it's interesting because it sounds like what you're trying to do is come from a place of, and I feel like this is the struggle of like, you know, where we all think about like money first, right? Like how are we going to make those dollars? How do we get that? And it sounds like there was a mind switch to like, how can I be a force for good in the world? How can I support other people? How can I, how can I do everything in my power to be the best person that I can be to serve everyone else. It sounds to me like, you know, with, with what you're doing with giving back and, um, and the, the folks that you're talking with, you know, you were just saying before, you know, it's great that you're able to advise, you know, people who are trying to sort of level up in their career and, you know, and, and that's, that's a huge challenge. It's one that you faced and then you yeah. sort of come out of it on the other side. You know, this is a weird time in the world. And so I'm kind of curious to know, you know, now that you're starting on this coaching journey, you know, what kind of advice would you give? I mean, you know, we have a lot of wonderful people who listen to this podcast who I think are, you know, they're in a variety of stages in their career and they're just trying to figure some stuff out. And I know it's hard to give general advice to every single human on the planet. Um, but, you know, if you have any sort of words of wisdom, I'd be curious to hear, especially since you're at this really important point in your journey. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because <clears throat> as this has been playing out, right, this pandemic, and 
and I, and I think I've been, there's, and I'm sure y'all are feeling the same. There's like a lot of emotions. <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot, right? We're all kind of feeling a lot and thinking a lot. And there have been a lot of um, questions that have emerged for me, you know, thinking about what's essential and what's non-essential mm-hmm. and how much, you know, how much of my life and my time is, was truly essential, right? Um, so I was grappling with a lot of this this notion of essentialism early on in in the sequestration you know um, am i and then also starting to like am i doing enough right am i doing enough um is it enough to just stay home and not add to the problem you know what else can i do mm-hmm. uh, i am not crafty i'm not about start sewing masks so like i just I, that's not a skill set i have um am i doing enough as i've been doing the coaching um, and, and some other, some other things I've been working on and, and like, uh, for myself, the thing I've been thinking about is the question that, that has really driven me a lot is in my development and especially in my career. And as I went from, you know, the roles and, and becoming an executive and et cetera, was the, why not me was the question that I often like, not why me, but why not me? You know, and that's, I think when you see, okay, when you see something that maybe you aren't happy with, you know, oh, there's not enough diversity in leadership, or, you know, why is it always the same kind of people that are running the show? Um, Why not me is the question. So that was starting to kind of bubble up for me and, and realizing that, you know, and I don't want to general or generalize around all sort of female and I, women you know but but a lot of us tend to kind of in these um these moments go into like caretaker mode right Mm -hmm. and i will definitely say in in our household i'm doing a lot of cooking (laughs) a lot of caretaking (laughs) and that is a natural sort of place i go um but and that's great but this is also an opportunity for us to say, to kind of, you know, why not me? Like, we're going to all come out of this. And are we going to come out of this, um, you know, you, you know, I don't want to say using this as an opportunity because that always sounds a little weird when you say it out loud, because this is an awful thing we're going through collectively. I call it a problatunity. Yeah, thank you. I love that. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it. It's from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, I use it all the time. <laughs> yes. A problem to, to, I can't even say it. Problemunity. Um, yeah. A problemunity <laughs> to, to ask ourselves that and to take a step in a direction to challenge ourselves, to go out of our comfort zone and to do whatever that thing is. That thing is that's over there. And so for me, that thing was to start my own thing, you know, like scare the hell out of me. It mm-hmm. still does. Um, but now at least because, there's this kind of bigger, broader, you know, kind of fear, global fear. <laughs> it sort of made my fear seem so small, so, so minimal. Um, so in some ways, it's almost easier. I just am being and doing and feeling like I'm, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Um, and then going in that direction of pushing myself in, in the direction of why not me? Mm. Um, you know? Love that. Uh, oh, interesting. Maybe that's it. I, I love that for you the fear and uncertainty around earth labs has sort of been uh, 
pressed down because of this larger fear? Because I feel like for a lot of people, it might even be the opposite, right? Because in times of uncertainty and upheaval and collective panic and fear, um, being sort of out there on your own without having some of these more traditional structures of stability, like the corporate job, like the title, like the paycheck coming in. I think um, there are definitely lots of people out there who are in very similar boats to you, but I can only imagine might be feeling almost the opposite. And it feels like you're in this very Zen place right now, which I think is amazing. And it actually reminds me, so, you know, in, in our work, um, I run a lot of the, the trainings and the programming that we do on the diversity side. And there's a concept and framework that we use with pretty much any workshop or, or programming that we put out there, which is this idea of moving outside of your comfort zone and leaning into that, that discomfort. And I think you mentioned earlier, sitting in the discomfort, you know, and so we talk about that too. And for us, the way we frame it is if you're not outside of your comfort zone, you're not learning, you're not stretching yourself, you're not pursuing those opportunities or opportunities, whatever those yeah. might be. <laughs> and you're never going to grow if you're just staying where it's safe and easy. But for us, the way we look at it is uh, to try and ask people to lean into the discomfort, but not tip over into panic mode. Yeah. And I think that's probably the razor thin edge that a lot of us are dancing on these days where Absolutely. there's a lot of discomfort, a lot of sitting in it, but then there's also panic mode, which is right there as well. But I, I love this idea of just, you know, looking at this, I, this concept of discomfort as not necessarily inherently bad, but what, where can it lead us and what can it tell us about ourselves and our goals? And so I think that's, that's really lovely that you're sort of, you're, you're like, I've been here already. Come join me world. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's, and that's what kind of like, we're all being forced, you know, uh, to be in it, um, in, in a lot of ways. And one of the, and, and again, like, I, I wish it wasn't happening and my heart like aches for, the folks that are in the hospitals, the mm -hmm. medical professionals, the people putting their lives on the line, having to see the, the suffering and the death. I mean, that's just like, I don't wish that on anyone um, at all. And obviously, you know, the fact that we can work remotely is, yeah. you know, amazing and not everyone has that option. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're sort of being forced to be uncomfortable. And what's been inspiring is just the ingenuity and the creativity coming from like everybody is just mind blowing. So that, right, the creativity and ingenuity, the, the care and concern and community, you know, why can't we be like this all the time? You know, why does it take a pandemic for us to all of a sudden like really truly care about one another? You know, we all, I, you know, we do, but we're comfortable, right? We yeah. get comfortable. Uh, Felicia and I have obviously been talking a lot about this. We've all been talking so much ad nauseum about what is happening um, in the world. And, you know, there's a part of me that just feels like, you know, when these moments happen, it's like we wake up. Yeah. To your point about like, you know, why can't we always, because we walk around the world. So, you know, like in many ways, like zombies a lot of times, yeah. you know, just like, you know, don't say the the real hello. Don't ask the yeah. real genuine, how are you? Um, and now it's moments like this. And you, you just, you beat us all to the punch a little but bit. But just a few months. Just but a just few a few months. months. That's you know, okay, and, though. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because when you say wake up, like, that was the thing that kind of hit me in the fall was this real, you know, 
I've been paying attention to climate change and the stuff happening around that for years now, mm-hmm. intellectually, like mm-hmm. that, the busy front of my mind. Um, and obviously the things like the wildfires in California, like it's all very mm-hmm. real. It's very close. Um, it's not, it's not something that's out there over there or in the future. It's real. It's happening now. But for whatever reason in the fall, it became this real visceral thing where all of a sudden it was like every thing about how I was living my life, I became like, it just, it was, I went from not being able to see it to seeing it and just being like, Oh my God, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? um, and seeing like all the plastic all the time. And, and it almost for the first couple months, it was like overwhelming because I was mm-hmm. trying to grocery shop and minimize plastic, but it was everywhere. Right. And, you know, and, and so it was almost kind of a lot in, I made a lot of changes over those first couple of months. And the unfortunate thing is some of those had to roll back. Like mm-hmm. I can't shop in the bulk section anymore, you know, mm-hmm. so having to kind of go back to plastic bags and things like that. But, um, but a lot of like this kind of undercurrent for me was that was the kind of the, just the waking up to like what was happening you know, from the planet standpoint, and then my contributions to that. That's the kind of interesting thing when you look at like, when you look at what's most needed right now, right, in response to the pandemic, it's not necessarily high tech. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's things that can be done that can help scale and accelerate, but it's, it's face masks, you know, (laughs) like very low tech. And the fact is, for all of our technological progress, it's not saving our butts right now. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. I, I've been, uh, I'll admit, um, Rachel knows I'm a huge Twitter user and a Twitter fan. And I've been amusing myself recently by going down these rabbit holes of seeing who in tech and high tech think now that they can solve all these problems because mm. they know tech and they are falling flat on their faces because they don't know epidemiology and they yeah. don't know, you know, how to be a doctor and they don't know, uh, you know, virus spread. And so it's just really fascinating to also get this reality check that, you know, I think in the tech industry a lot, there's this idea that we are, you know, way above in terms of being better than other people yes. and can solve all the world's problems. And then here you have Elon Musk sending CPAP machines instead of ventilators because he doesn't understand the difference between them. <laughs> and it's just really fascinating to me to sort of see this dynamic shift. And yes. I was actually, um, I, I tweeted this out the other day, but I'm really curious to see once we sort of get through this time of discomfort and uncertainty and horribleness that we're all sitting in right now. I'm really, really curious to see if this sort of continues to shake out and we start devaluing certain industries and jobs and people and start lifting up others like grocery workers and delivery people and nurses and admin staff who are literally on the front lines exactly. where the billionaires and the tech moguls and the you know the, the program managers in Silicon Valley cannot help really and are not contributing to a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff. So that's something that I'm going to be eagerly awaiting to see how that shakes out. <laughs> Absolutely. Same here. So one of the, one of the things I really um, glommed onto and, and enjoyed uh, reading through is uh, Project Drawdown, if you've heard of this. Um, but it's, it's essentially, uh, it was like a collaborative of folks that kind of came together and pulled together 
all of the things we could do um, as humans to uh, alter the course of climate change. So uh, lots of ideas around carbon sequestration as well as like minimizing emissions so on both sides. And, and, and so I was kind of looking at it as in like, okay, where could I potentially make a dent in realizing like, hmm, you know, <laughs> uh, hmm, yeah. I don't know, because a lot of it, I mean, there are aspects like education of women and girls globally, like super important. And I think tech can help with that as an example, but a lot of it requires knowledge of the sciences of biology of chemistry and i was it was kind of hitting me that like you know i started off as a chemical engineer right in my career um and oh if i had maybe maintained those skills or done that work i could be of potentially more use at this time was something that kind of hit me but you were gonna well, oh no it was just funny because like i was just thinking about um did you ever read naomi klein's book uh this changes everything no, I read Chalk Doctrine, but not that one. Oh, that's a group. I, this one is basically, I will say, this one's basically like, yeah, so about that whole climate change thing, um, it's great that we are individually doing things, but the only way that we're really going to make any sort of difference is if we change capitalism. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, ah! So, because <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it really is. It's like, it's great that we are able to do some things, but wow, is it really on the, it's the responsibility of people who have so much more uh, power than, than the individual does. And it is, and to your point, Felicia, too, like it is, it's going to be interesting to see, but I mean, I'm usually a pretty sunshiny person, but I will say, I think, you know, wherever the money goes, that's, that's all ultimately what, what seems to matter. So um, to, to most, to most of the human race. Yeah, but I, and I do think there there are like some good examples of um, like there are some companies that are inspiring me because they're using sort of the market modality and like the sort of capitalistic structure and consumerism to make a change. Like Impossible Foods is the one I like. Mm -hmm. to use. Mm -hmm. The fact that they've been able to um, create uh, demand and desire for a plant based, uh, you know meat product or however you want to refer to it um i love impossible burgers and impossible meatballs is remarkable right because that that like that's really pretty awesome because i think all prior approaches which is using like maybe blame and shame mm -hmm. to get people to become vegetarians or vegans yep. doesn't work um but to create sort of like a desire right. amongst just folks who would normally eat meat was is uh, I think a, a great attempt. And I think that's, that's yeah. great. That's a great point. I think, yeah, it's using capitalism for good. Yeah. Is like the, the best way I think that we will. Wow. This, this conversation just like went right there. This is great. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to. Well, down with capitalism. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's complicated. I it like capitalism. Complicated. Just, just I had this whole big conversation about capitalism recently. It was like, capitalism isn't inherently bad. It's just, has to be run correctly. Yeah. Any hoodles. Um, let's switch gears. Yes. To something fun. A question that we love to ask all of our guests. What is it that you are currently geeking out about? And it can be, it's not something that's work related. It could doesn't be have to be pandemic related. Either. Does not have to be pandemic no. related. Ideally not. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> 
I let's see. One of the things I'm geeking out about lately is uh, I started um, before all this happened. I had started a painting class, an oil painting class, in January, mm-hmm. um, and so I've always like done a little bit of art, but was pretty self-taught. And mostly it was because it's something my daughter likes to do, and so I can do it with her. And when, uh, when I had some time, I decided I wanted to maybe like learn some stuff. So I signed up for this oil painting class and I was going Tuesday mornings for like three hours. And it was just this like fun little quirky group of people and we'd all paint and the guy who runs it, he's like a, an artist in San Francisco and he kind of comes around and checks in on you and maybe helps, you know, like gives you kind of instruction in the moment. And and I was really, start, like, it was a real, you know, I would just get in the zone. I would just start painting and I would listen to, like, I listen to 70s rock a lot. <laughs> Love it. Um, as, like, a backdrop. Yep. And I would just, like, get so in the zone and just and paint away. Um, and and the cool thing about, I'm finding about painting, it's, like, you go through that, like, trough of, like, you start off, you're feeling good and optimistic, and then it goes, like, south and you're just, like, I'm never going to be able to do this. This painting is a mess. And, but you persevere and then come out and then like towards the end, you're just like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like I made that, you know? <laughs> so I go through that on a regular basis every time I do a new painting. Um, and so that, and so that's happening. And, and so he's had to adjust and he's doing like, he's giving us out assignments virtually. And we've done, I did our first, we did our first like Zoom check-in. Nice. Um, and so, you know, cause in the art class, we would all take a break and we would do like a critique if someone was ready for a critique or he'd talk about the shows that were going on. And so I started to like go look at art more, um, mm. which was really fun. Uh, and then I started doing this book called drawing, uh, drawing on with the right side of your brain, mm. kind of like an old book, I guess, but there's still the woman who wrote it still does these workshops. They're like these five day workshops. And when you look at the book, it's really cool because she shows when, you know, when people do her five day workshops, they do a self portrait at the beginning and a self portrait at the end. And the difference is like dramatic. That's wild. Because you know, what she's teaching you is how really how to see, like how to really see. Cause what you realize is that, a lot of us draw with this like intellectual side of, you know, that, that sort of part of our brain. And so we go, oh, this is what an eye looks like. And we, we don't draw what we see, we draw what we think. Love it. And so that's the number one thing that like I pulled out of that that I thought was like is remarkable. So a lot of like the early exercises are drawing something upside down. So you can't kind of use your mind. So you're trying to trick your um, left brain and, so that it gets turned off. And then the, the second thing was that um, the, the self-portrait at the beginning is essentially a reflection of when that person decided they didn't know how to draw. And it was typically somewhere between like five and 14. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. And most people can learn how to like no I mean I think she she would say everyone can learn how to draw they can get through the workshop and, right. and know how to build this skill 
but at some point they got some external message likely, right? That's like, you don't know what you're doing. That's ugly. Or you don't know how to draw and they just stop. Mm. Um, so that I find fascinating as well. Yeah. I wonder what the correlation between that and like learning an instrument is. Yeah. If it's similar yeah. or singing. Yeah. Or any, any kind of like creative thing that exactly. requires you to kind of let go of control. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Don't yeah. like it. So that's been <laughs> fun. So I've been, Thank you. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been spending time doing these um, <clears throat> drawings and, and, and then painting. And, and then what I'm finding is it's like it beyond just it being kind of meditative, you know, it's like, you know, you kind of shut out all the other things. It's also like, I'm, I'm learning these things about, about me and about being human that I think I didn't expect. Yeah. Learning from just doing drawings. Wow. And you can do it virtually because you just need to buy the things and then they can show up at your house. Yeah. And literally like the book, it's like you need some paper and some pencils and, you know, there's something where you create this kind of like visual plane. I took a piece of glass from a frame and just taped around the edges. And so that, so instead of like ordering something, I just used what I had. So it's really cool. Like one of the exercises you contort your hand in this weird shape that you would never be able to draw and then you put the glass over it like you balance the glass on top of your hand and then you close one eye and then trace what you see with like a sharpie or an, you know something you can erase on the glass and it's really fascinating because like that's how you figure out how to change something sort of three-dimensional into two-dimensional oh, i don't know it's been another so fun, fascinating fun exercise so now i'm gonna any, go do that yeah that sounds great. Um, I'm yeah, I'm definitely flush and I've talked to about like just like maybe taking this time to like be able doing other things that are not just about, you know, work and in my case eating. Eating um, and let's, cases, let's be real. And let's be <laughs> yeah. real on like consuming of entertainment in oh, the abundance of it. Brutal. And that has I'm been here lovely. for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's been lovely. I am. Um Thank you so much, Cheryl. Um, is there anything that you want to plug, uh, share, links to people, how people find you? Oh well, if, yeah, I mean, earthlabs.com, R-R-T-H-labs.com. Um, you know, mostly I'm doing some, like I said, some advising. There are a couple of uh, companies and organizations that I'm either, you know, likely to be doing some consulting work with. So, um, filling up that docket as far as that goes, but uh, the you know coaching right now I'm still in sort of like learning mode, and I have a bunch of former colleagues that have agreed to be my guinea pigs, which has been great. But soon enough I'll be certified, and I really hope to focus um, the coaching work I do on folks that kind of want to get into executive ranks or leadership ranks and government or nonprofit or in our companies and just helping to ensure there's more diversity. And then eventually too, thinking about working with um, folks that maybe aren't, you know, that, you know, like the straight white guys out there who want to create cultures, you know, who want to be supportive of a diverse leadership culture and maybe wanting to do some of their own work to understand how they might be helping or hindering that. You know that kind of environment uh so people can find me on earth labs and there's like a little contact me form and there's a blog there and i've had one post which is an explanation of the the name of the company so. i love that 
Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you spending some time with us and we wish you all the best. Yeah. And, and let's not let another two years go by. Before yeah. We up again. yeah. <laughs> Truth. Stay you. healthy. Thank you. All those things. All right. Bye. Too. Bye. Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. <laughs> Check us out at She Geeks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, <laughs> they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.